lost with a broken heart You picked me up, now I'm set apart From the ash I am born again Forever safe in the Savior's hands You are more than my words could say I will follow you, Lord, for all my days Fix my eyes, follow in your way Forever free in unending grace started off with a party. That was awesome. I'm excited. It's going to be great. Hey, well, why don't you say hi to a couple people around you as you find your seats. Huge welcome if you're watching online this morning. It's great to have you with us. 
Hey, well, welcome everybody to Activate Church this morning. It is great to have you with us. And if you're watching online again, it is so good to have you with us this morning. Hey, in it, Activate Church, we love to welcome new people, newcomers. So if you're new to Activate Church this morning, thank you for coming. It is so great to have you with us. And if you go to the back table where all the people with the green shirts are, we would love for you to collect a newcomer's pack. Uh, go check that out at the end of the gathering if you haven't got one. But we've also got a new system. And if you see on the seat in front of you, at the back of the seat, there's a QR code. And so if you're new, I encourage you, get your phone out right now, scan that code on your phone, and why don't you put your details in. We would love to invite you to a newcomer's lunch. And we've got one actually after this gathering today. So uh, if, you, if you can make it today, why not come? After this gathering, we're inviting you to have lunch with us. Otherwise, we'll send you an invitation for another date and it'll be great. But also, we love to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. We had a few at the at the 8.30 as well. Is there anybody in here who's had a birthday and anniversary? Let me see your hand. Have we got one in here? We got one over here. Happy birthday. Is there anybody? Oh, some at the back over there. Is it birthdays over there? Some over here is it wedding anniversary? A few around the back as well. Make sure you you put your hand up high. We want to give you chocolate. We want to bless you. Is there anybody else? One at the sound desk over there. Come on, a lot of birthdays and anniversaries this week. Hey, well, I want to declare blessing over all the birthdays and anniversaries. So God, we thank you for each person who has celebrated a birthday or wedding anniversary this week. And we declare blessing, we declare favour upon them for this next year, that this next year will be the best yet. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, so this morning is a really exciting morning. Do you know why? We have finished the book of Luke, which is also kind of sad. But we are starting our new series. And so we're starting Back to the Future. And we've got Pastor Sheridan who's going to be sharing with us. It's going to be awesome. I heard the 8.30 and so I encourage you, put your seatbelts on. It's going to be a great, great gathering. Hey, and this morning, we also have the absolute privilege of sharing and celebrating a baby dedication, which is amazing. So I, I'm just going to invite Pastor Jan and Sheridan to come up the front and they're going to lead it. Good morning. Good morning with Rodney and Monica and family and friends like to join us up here. We are dedicating beautiful Abigail this morning to the Lord. Isn't that lovely? A beautiful little girl. So we've got big brothers Dylan and Liam and Samuel. Isn't she cute? 
Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, we might have to move forward. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna squeeze, squeeze on together. Lovely. Lovely to have all the fun. Wonderful. Wonderful. So this is Rodney and Monica and beautiful Abigail and and the handsome bros. <laughs> awesome. Oh, she's lovely. <laughs> okay, no, not clucky. <laughs> Hello, Abigail. I looked up the, her, the meaning of her name and it means my father's joy. Isn't that wonderful? Beautiful. Yes. My father's joy. <laughs> so not only the natural father, I'm sure, but her heavenly father. Yes, she is his joy. And I declare that over Abigail this morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was good timing, huh? <laughs> really good timing. Okay. I'm going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 7. Listen, O Israel, or I'm going to say, listen, Rodney and Monica. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And I know that you'd love to do that. Wonderful family. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. I love this. It's the part that you get to repeat. It's you get to say it over and over and over again. Repeat them again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. So, so, um, big. Big bros and Abigail here. It's not, you know, you don't need to say, oh, that's a, I've heard enough, mum and dad. No, no, repeat, 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 repeat. Keep on talking about God and his ways. Keep on talking about how I know that you have wonderful testimonies in your, in your family life, in your home. Keep on talking about them to your children, to beautiful Abigail. Keep on telling, telling them about their testimonies. If you're friends of the whanau here, keep on telling them, repeat repeat, repeat. There is power in that. And I want to encourage you in that as you, as you put God first, as, you, as you're doing today, as you're offering your beautiful daughter back to Him, giving thanks to God for your daughter, for your, for your sons. Keep on, keep on repeating His goodness over your lives. Can I get Sheridan to hold? Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, okay. Could I hold Abigail? Would you like to stand as we pray for this darling daughter, this darling little girl? Father, we give you thanks for Abigail. We thank you, Father, for a a gorgeous girl. We thank you that she is your joy, your delight. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for her. And and, uh, upon Rodney and Monica's request, this morning we offer her back to you. We give you, her, we give you thanks for this gorgeous girl. And we say, have your way, Heavenly Father, with your girl. We thank you for your plan and purpose for Abigail's life. We say, do, do what only you can do, Heavenly Father. 
thank you for the wonderful, wonderful future ahead of her. And we declare your protection over her. We declare that wonderful future taking place. We declare that she would look to you all the days of her life, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the wonderful testimonies that she will be able to declare over and over and over again. And I thank you, Father, for this family. I thank you, thank you, Lord, for a wonderful family that that look to you. I thank you for your protection over their lives. I thank you for your blessing poured out over their lives. Not only upon blessing poured out overflowing upon Abigail, but upon the family unit. I thank you for your wisdom for Rodney and Monica as parents. Thank you, Father, uh, for your blessing over them. Thank you, Lord. Bless this family in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, I give you thanks for this family, the young family. Father, I declare your blessing over them in Jesus' name. And I ask that you would impart them with supernatural wisdom as they raise their family, that it would be evident that your grace is upon them. Father, that their home would be a real easy place to find you and your goodness. So I give you thanks. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would rest on mum and dad, that you would equip them, you would anoint them for everything that's in front of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Wow. I'm really enjoying myself here. (laughs) How about you give it up for the young family? I would think I'd better hand her back, eh? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe. Maybe she is going to be a singer or a preacher. Preacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> okay, as you take your seats, how about you turn your eyes to the screen? Oh, there's some beautiful people. Apparently. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activate Church. Yeah, and also a big welcome if you're new or watching from Ruakuta North or Tuoko Campus. It's great to have you with us. Jilly and the ParentLink team from Community Link Trust have organised a great event for all parents who need some encouragement. And this is from 6.30 to 7.30pm on the 13th of August. And what's going to happen is the kids get to eat and play at Chipmunks and the Cafe for free. While you parents, you get to listen to an experienced panel of speakers and get to learn some incredible tips, some amazing tips on how to raise your children from babies up to young adults. To register for this great opportunity, go to parentproject.pushpayevents.com or look for Community Link Trust on Facebook. Activate Church is a part of a wider movement. Axe Churches New Zealand, and we have the privilege of hosting an Axe Regional Gathering. And so this is happening on the 19th of April, 7.30pm at Ruakita Campus. And why don't you come along, be expected in worship and prayer to uplift our region. So that was on the 19th of April, 7.30pm at Ruakita Campus. Can't wait to see you there. 
Well, that's all the notices we have for this week. Yeah, we pray that you encounter God today in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. That's wonderful. Let's stand together. I'd just like to read Psalm 100. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into His presence with joy and realise what this really means. We have the privilege of worshipping Yahweh, our God, for He is our Creator and we belong to Him. We are the people of His pleasure. You can pass through open gates with password of praise. Come right into His presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to Him and affectionately bless His beautiful Name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving, it will amaze you. So kind that it will astound you. And He is famous for His faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted for He keeps His promises to every generation. We know who we are when we know Him. We belong to Him. The day we say, or we said yes to Jesus, He says, you are mine, you are mine. And before we even say to Jesus, yes, He's reaching out, He's calling, He's calling. I'd like to encourage you this morning to lift your praise. You saw the children this morning with their praise of thanksgiving. So beautiful. From the mouth of babes, from the innocent, why do we keep silent? Why do we hold back? When we know what the Scripture says, how good He is and how trusting He is, why would we wanna hold back? So this morning, I just hear Father God say, come, come and tell me, speak to me. Thank You, Jesus. your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. We don't want to stay silent. Jesus, Jesus, we want to lift your name higher. We want to lift your name higher. With thanksgiving, we shout your name, Jesus, 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 come on, shout his name, Jesus, we praise Jesus. 
tried so hard to see it It took me so long to believe it That you choose someone like me To carry your victory Perfection could never earn it You give what we don't do
victorious, we're victorious, we're victorious. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority Jesus has given me When I open up my mouth Miracles start breaking out I have the authority Jesus has given me isn't it? Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to uh, North Campus, to Tuaco online this morning as well. Great to have you all with us today. You doing all right? Three of you. It's great. The rest of you doing all right? Oh, good, good. Just testing. Wonderful. Hey, take a seat. Guess what? I get to share a little bit of uh, information with you. I like that. The 9th of May is Sunday. What else is the 9th of May? Yes, I think you should say it. Mother's Day, just get it lodged. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Hey, and we are going to um, make a change to our gathering times on that day. Some of you are going, yay. Some of you are going, oh, flip. But, oh, you know, I've got a friend, and they have, to, they have to text their church every Saturday night to let them know where they're meeting. All we're doing is changing the time a bit. So that's good, eh? Yeah. We're shifting to 
9 a.m. Is that all right? 9 a.m. And the 9 a.m. is going to have a kids' program with it. Yeah, I knew some parents would like that. And then the 10 is going to become the 10.30. Worst case scenario for you, if you arrive at 10, you drink coffee for half an hour, okay? Could be worse. Uh, uh, so so the, the 10 is going to become the 10.30 everywhere. That's at um, Tuaco, that's at North Campus, and it's online as well, 10.30. And then the 6 p.m. And we're hoping that that's going to work better. Good, eh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks for the enthusiasm. You're a wonderful bunch. <laughs> hey, well, um, welcome to our new theme. We kind of started it next, last week. <laughs> started it next week. We kind of started it last week, um, but we're, kinda, we're kicking into it this week properly. Our new theme is Back to the Future. Back to the Future. And in a nutshell, this is what I believe God's saying. I could prophesy it, so take it as prophetic. This is what I believe God's saying to us. Let me pull you back into the reality and truth of Pentecost. It's when the church, as we know it, was birthed. In order to prepare and launch you into your future. Should I say that again? Because if you'd got it, you probably would have gone, yes, amen. And you didn't. I hope you guys did. Let me pull you back into the reality and truth of Pentecost in order to prepare and launch you into your future. Yes, yes, I think yes, yes. So we started last week in Easter. We started by talking about salvation. And we're going to continue looking at some of the big rocks of our faith, which will be great. So let's take a moment and pray. Really encourage you to open your hearts before God. In fact, Lord, help us open our hearts to you. I ask that you help us stop the, the racing of our minds, the hundred voices that are trying to have their say right at the moment in our heads. We'd open our hearts, we'd open our minds to you that you would shift our belief where necessary and our conviction. I also ask, Lord, that that would lead to a shift in behaviour where required. And we would be able to be the people that you've called us to be, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about the call of God. The call of God. C-A-L-L, the call of God. I just read Kenton gave me a joke before I came in. It said, why, did, um, why do you spell the word dark with K? Because you can't see in the dark. That should be a Christmas joke, eh? That, could, that should be a Christmas joke. I apologise for everybody watching. But anyway, when you said yes to Jesus and gave your life to him, okay, you said yes to Jesus, you gave him your life, not just your heart, I pray, or your head. You gave him your life. That's the call. Well, that's the, of faith, the call. When you gave him your life, he gave you a call. And I'll unpack that a little bit for you. But he gave you a calling. I was, uh, if you've heard the story, I apologise, but I was in Harrods in, the, you know, in London in the early 2000s and I had to go upstairs and I went to the escalator and it was absolutely packed, shoulder to shoulder, just truckloads of people on every escalator going up. And as I was going up the escalator, I had a panic for a minute. I didn't have a panic about there being lots of people or anything else. What 
gripped my being was, Lord, this is hopeless. There are so many people just going about their life without any consideration to who you are or what you would want of them or walking in relation to them. All these people packed in here and they want a grand piano and a new shirt and a toaster or whatever. Jan and I bought a coffee machine with Harrods you know, grinder, the hard work ones with Harrods written on it because that's what tourists do, eh? Just so we'd been there. But I panicked inside. It was like, Lord... We're wasting our time. There's so many people that are just living a, a, an existence without a sense of God being part of it. Yet we know the truth. We know what you've asked. And you know, in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly and he said, Sheridan, if everybody did what I asked them to do, there would be no problem. And then he followed that by saying, Sheridan, give yourself completely to what I've asked of you. Give yourself completely to what I've asked of you. Friends, can I ask a question of you this morning? What has God asked of you? What has God asked of you? Our movement, our church movement, and I'm going to speak a little bit about the history this morning of our church movement because whether you realize it or not, this building, these seats, everything else didn't just kind of fall out of heaven and land here. Like it's not like it wasn't here last year and then bang, it was this year. We're part of a legacy. We're part of a legacy that has got us to this point. My prayer is, Lord, may this generation, our generation, my generation, leave a legacy so in 100 years are saying, boy, those guys back then, they set us up. They set us up. That's my prayer. It didn't just happen. Our movement was established on people just like you and I. They were people who responded to what God asked of them, and they took action. In other words, they did what he asked. They did it. They didn't just think about it. They didn't have a conversation about it. They did what? They probably did have a conversation about it, but they did it. Most importantly, my prayer is that God will do again in our time as he did in their time. Habakkuk 3.2 God, I've heard what our ancestors say about you and I've stopped in my tracks, down on my knees. Do among us what you did amongst them. Work among us as you worked amongst them. My prayer is that and more, please, Lord. That and more. But I fear, and I do not mean to insult you, I fear that we are living in the middle of a foolish generation. We're living in a generation that's so wrapped up in personal comfort, opinion and desire that we won't respond, we won't move. Concerns me. Foolish generation may be a little bit harsh, and I'm not just talking about us, I'm talking about the generation we live in. But can I encourage you to go and re- read Romans chapter 1, 18 through to 32. And when you get to the end of that, feel free to disagree with me. I think that scripture will only make my point stronger. Proverbs 9, 10 says this, Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If we fear God, in other words, we'll obey him. Let me get back to our movement. Our movement, 
Acts Churches New Zealand, previously known as the Apostolic Churches New Zealand, was born out of a response of the Spirit of God. In other words, it didn't just happen. It's, just, it's not natural DNA. It's DNA from heaven. It was born out of the Spirit, something that God was doing. We were born out of the Welsh revival in 1904 to 1906. God did some amazing things in Wales. He touched the nation, literally changed the nation. And as a result of what he did there, then here we are now, which is amazing. I want to take a couple of minutes and uh, there's a video that just looks at some of the early days of the Welsh revival and Evan Roberts, who was one of the key players. hope it encourages you. Journalist W.T. Stead interviewed Evan Roberts and he asked him, can you tell me how you began to take to this work? Oh yes, that I will, said Mr. Roberts, if you wish to hear of it. For a long, long time, I was much troubled in my soul and my heart by thinking over the failure of Christianity. Oh, it seemed such a failure, such a failure. And I prayed and prayed, but nothing seemed to give me any relief. But one night, after I had been in great distress praying about this, I went to sleep, and at one o'clock in the morning, suddenly I was waked up out of my sleep, and I found myself with unspeakable joy and awe in the very presence of Almighty God. And for the space of four hours, I was privileged to speak face to face with Him, as a man speaks face to face with a friend. At five o'clock, it seemed to me as if I returned to earth. One report says that the first outward and visible sign that there was a new power and spirit among the people was witnessed at a meeting in a country chapel in Cardiganshire. The preacher, after an earnest appeal to the unconverted, besought those of his hearers whose hearts were moved within them to testify before the congregation their decision to serve the Lord. A long and painful pause followed. Again came the solemn appeal. Again, the embarrassing silence. But it was broken after a pause by the rising of a girl, a young Welsh woman, who with trembling accents spoke up and said, If no one else will, then I must say that I do love my Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart. The ice was broken. One after another stood up and made public confessions with tears and thanksgiving. For the special note of the revival is that the gospel message is being sung rather than preached. And such singing, the whole congregation sings as if they were making melody in their hearts to the Lord. The sermon is a poor thing compared with the psalm and hymn and spiritual psalm. Employers tell me that the quality of the work the miners are putting in has improved. Waste is less. Men go to their daily toil with a new spirit of gladness in their labor. In the long, dim galleries of the mine, where once the haulers swore at their ponies in Welshified English terms of blasphemy, there is now but to be heard the haunting melody of the revival music. The pit ponies, like the American mules, have been driven by oaths and curses since they first bore the yoke, are being retrained to do their work without the incentive of profanity. There is less drinking, less idleness, less gambling, Men record with almost incredulous amazement how one football player after another 
has forsworn cards and drink and the gladiatorial games, and is living a sober and godly life, putting his energy into the revival. Well, Mr. Stead, you've been to the revival. What do you think of it? Sir, said Mr. Stead, the question is not what I think of it, but what it thinks of me, of you, and all the rest of us. For it is a very real thing, this revival, a live thing which seems to have a power and a grip which may get a hold of a good many of us who are at present are mere spectators. Do you desire an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Very well, four conditions must be observed. They are essential. One, is there any sin in your past life that you have not confessed to God? On your knees at once, your past must be at peace. Two, is there anything in your life that is doubtful, anything you cannot decide whether it is good or evil? Away with it, there must not be. Three, obey the Spirit. Four, confess Christ publicly before men. Revival Press has published two books on the Welsh Revival. The first one is called The Welsh Revival, and the second is Evan Roberts and the Great Revival in Wales. You can get both copies at revivalpress.net. This period of time is at the start of what we would know as the modern Pentecostal church. You know, Evan Roberts, he was an amazing guy. Um, revival broke out in Wales when I think he was 26, but it's said that he had been praying since he was for 13 years before that point for revival, which makes him a real young fellow when he started, doesn't it? What's that, 13? My math good? About 13? Yeah. So, never too young to start. Brilliant. At about the same time in America, the Azusa Street revival was taking place as well. But for us, out of the Welsh revival, movements came like Elam churches, came out of the Welsh revival, and the Apostolic Church came out of which is now Acts Churches, came out or was birthed out of the revival. A little bit of our history here in, um, that got us to this point is in the early 1900s, William Hutchinson led the Apostolic Faith Church in Bournemouth in England. He had a younger man working with him who was Daniel Powell Williams, and he was a Welshman. And in January 1916, Daniel Williams, along with his brother Jones Williams, and a total of 19 churches pulled away from what was happening in England to focus with what was happening in Wales. They say when you read about it that it was an amazing time for them. They, they suddenly really gained an identity of their own. They could worship and hold gatherings in their, uh, in their local languages. And things started to take off. This group became known as the Apostolic Church in Wales. The movement was very prophetic in nature and it was governed based on the Ephesians 4, a central ministry model, which to this day remains one of the unique things of the Apostolic or now the Acts churches. With just a few Within just a few years, they were growing rapidly, and this church, the Apostolic Church in Wales, now had congregations back in England and Scotland and in Ireland, so they dropped the name Wales and simply became the Apostolic Church, a Pentecostal church with a missionary vision. I pray that it can still be said of us today, that we're a Pentecostal church 
with a missionary vision. By the late 1920s, the church had sent missionary leaders, apostles and prophets as far as New Zealand and Australia. That's amazing. When you think about it, there's halfway around the globe or to the other side of the globe. John Hewitt recognized, was a recognized evangelist and later as an apostle wrote to Daniel Williams in 1928 expressing his desire to travel to New Zealand to start a movement. Later that year, he hired a hall in Wellington for that purpose. Then in 1929, at the International Convention in Pennygroes in Wales, there was a New Zealand banner hanging up that was saying that a work had started in New Zealand. I've had the privilege of standing in the church in Pennygroes and standing behind the pulpit. And it was quite a moving experience as I stood there and thought about our roots as a movement, where we've come from, the great men and women that went out and have left a legacy which I believe is not only for a time, it's eternal. The movement found a great fit ministering to Māori here in New Zealand. Alfred Greenway, known as Doc Greenway from Wales, was the first to focus on ministering to Māori at Waitangi Pa in Tipuki. That later, 1937, actually became the centre of our Māori mission work. It was great. Ben Kihirini became our first Māori minister in New Zealand. By 1939, John Hewitt uh, had meetings happening at the Trade Hall in Wellington on Sunday nights, and they were amassing crowds of over 700 people. Great momentum. A church was officially set in order in Wellington in 1934 with 112 members. Now, John Hewitt's just a name to you, but at this point it gets really interesting and connected for me. Uh, how many of you know Pastor Wayne and Ruth Swift? Give me a wait if you, if you know their names. Yep, they are, obviously they weren't here last year, but they are our oversight, and, um, and they're dear friends of Jan's and myself. Well, John Hewitt, that's written about here, is Ruth Swift's grandfather. He, in Wellington, in this period of time, baptised a gentleman by the name of David Lynch. David Lynch is Jan's grandfather, and Margot, down the side there, Margot's dad. Amazing. And here we are today. Not only on that day did uh, Dave Lynch get baptised, but John Hewitt also baptised his son, John Hewitt, who is Ruth Swift's father. And Jan and I have the privilege of knowing uh, John and Desma. They are a beautiful, beautiful couple. And for me, it's really special as I see the way God links all this together. And here we find ourselves today not too far removed from it all. The church started to grow rapidly in New Zealand, Wellington, Nelson, Blenheim, New Plymouth, Tikawiti, Auckland, Onehanga. And all that happened in the first six months. Incredible. Soon was followed by churches in Dargaville, Hastings, Christchurch, Greymouth, Hamilton. In 1942, New Zealand became no longer the Apostolic Church, but the Apostolic Church New Zealand, 
although it wasn't until the 1960s that we had Kiwis leading it. Since then, we've become more established throughout New Zealand, and uh, as a movement, we've had great impact around the globe, actually. One of the things that, that New Zealand has helped do was pioneer the Apostolic Church in Papua New Guinea. And um, amazing things happened there, and it's an amazing movement. Some years ago, we changed our name to Axe Churches New Zealand, but we are the same movement. We have the same DNA. We, that's you and I, we now live in the legacy of generations who responded to the call and the commissioning of Jesus, and they did it. They did it. They, they came. They shared the gospel. They did what God asked of them. And I don't know about you, but I say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Incredible. You know, there's a, um, there was a, a minister in our movement, Billy Pearson. He was a Welshman. And the story's told of him. Uh, if I've got my details right, hopefully, but they're close to what I'll tell you. Uh, told of him that he was out one day and the Lord spoke to him clearly and said, Billy, I want you to go to New Zealand. To which he answered, Lord, I am willing, but you'll need to speak to my wife. <laughs> he got home. And as he walked up the front steps, the door of the house opened. It was his wife. And she said, Billy, I know the Lord spoke to me. And they came to New Zealand, spent their whole lives here. Whole lives. Amazing. So what is the call of God? When I talk about the call of God, can I, can I simplify it for you today? I want to make it just so you can grab hold of it, okay? The call of God is the direction and request of God as applied to you personally. Or to us corporately. But let me say that again. It is the direction and request of God as applied to you personally. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure I will be with you always to the end of the age. It seems clear to me that if you're a disciple of Jesus, the call of God is clear. The call of God is go make disciples. There's no, neg no, no negotiation with that. There's no wiggle room in that. He made it incredibly clear for us. Go make disciples. I think the only question to be asked is where? Where am I going, Lord? Not am I going. As a disciple of Christ, it's very clear. Go. Make. Therefore, the question becomes, where am I going, Lord? Am I going to my neighbor? Or am I going to the other side of the globe? It does not really matter. It's responding to God and what he says to us. I was thinking, I can just imagine in heaven, and uh, the angels say, Jesus... Sheridan's been a bit provoking this morning. He's talking about the call of God. And then they come back and they go, oh, he's getting quite excited about the call of God. And Jesus is going, great, fantastic. What's he going to do? And then they look back. Oh, no, it is just Sheridan. No, don't worry, Lord. 
He gets excited about these things quite often. He won't do anything. He won't do anything. He'll say, listen, Lord, here I am, send me. But it stops there. I don't want that to be my testimony in heaven. What about you? Oh, Lord, they're getting excited and activate this morning. They're in Tuaco, they're getting excited. They're in North, they're getting excited. About what they, oh, no, it's just that activate. Don't worry about them, Jesus. Yep, it's just all hot here. Stir them up. They'll go, yes, Lord, send me, and that's, that's where it'll stop. Won't go any further than that. That is not the testimony we want in heaven. We want the testimony to be, oh, Lord, better get some resources ready. They're getting stirred. I think we've got a job on our hands come 45 minutes' time because these guys are going to want to change the world. And when they say they're going, they're going. So, Lord, how do we, what do we do to support them? Yep, right, we're good? Jesus is saying, fantastic, let's go, let's go. Angel's right, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, activate church. That, that's, the, that's the testimony we want in heaven. That's the testimony we want. You know, the people that came to New Zealand from Wales, they did it. They did it. They got on boats and they did it. They packed up houses. They did it. They did it. Amazing. They did it. They did it. They responded to the call of God. They said their farewells were necessary and some of them never returned. But they did it. It was a big price. But they paid it. They did it. And they left an eternal legacy. The conversations go a little bit different in our generation, I've noticed. They go more like this. Yes, Lord, but. Yes, Lord, send me. But. But's a powerful word. Sometimes we just need a kick in the butt. Get us moving. Yes, Lord, but. Oh, but Lord, I don't. No, yes, Lord. Oh, but I don't like where you're sending me. I'm not going to go there. Oh, yes, Lord, but just wait till the time's a bit better. You know, it's inconvenient now. My kids are just at that stage. I've had kids. It's always inconvenient with kids. You're welcome. Yes, Lord, but just let me get that nest egg together first. You know, I'll come back to you in 10 or 15 when I've got things a bit more sorted, you hope. Yes, Lord, but to be fair, it's just not convenient right now. Yes, Lord, just let me, whatever it is. The conversation's changed. I look back to the people that set our movement in place in this country and they did it. No buts. Yes, Lord. Friends, conditions with God, God rob you of your destiny. Not only do they rob you of your destiny, they rob you of leaving a legacy for generations to come. Yes, Lord. Yes, I'm provoking you on purpose this morning. 
Yes, Lord. Reinhard Bonnke, give me a wave if you know the name Reinhard Bonnke. Probably the greatest evangelist ever, um, souls-wise, on the planet. Um, Something like 100 million people have come to Christ because of his ministry. In his autobiography, or one of those, it, it was said, or he said, when the Lord asked him to reach into Africa, that God said to him, Reinhard, would you do this? You're the third person I've asked. And he said, yes, Lord. Can you imagine being the other two? They get into heaven wandering through the gates. Yeah, sweet. Hey, Jesus, how did I do? Yeah, well, not that good, to be honest. What do you mean not that good? Well, I asked you to do this. I'd get Reinhard to do it. Look what happened. You imagine being the person. You mean I could have done that? And I lived mediocre? I, I did whatever? I could have done that? Yes, Lord, no buts. No buts. When we say yes to Jesus, we're saying yes to aligning ourselves to his purposes. We call that here at Activate, finding your lane. But what I've discovered through life so far is I can say yes, Lord, all I like, and if I do nothing, nothing happens. I heard the call of God very clearly. So did Jan, because she said, he's got the wrong wife. But then she came round. To lead church. To be a leader in his church. I didn't choose this. Jesus chose me. That's why I get through the bad days. Because it wasn't my idea. It was his. Sorry. Take it up with him. Nothing would have happened. We went to Bible college. We served anywhere and everywhere. Some things we enjoyed, some things we didn't. We took every opportunity given to us. We hung in there. We did it. We put our life in this direction. We chose to align our lives with the request of God. And here we are today, 30 years later. But we didn't just drop out of heaven on Friday. Or church didn't just drop out of heaven on Friday. And God said, had a crack, go. No, no. He said, I want you to give your life to this year and give your life to it. So we've endeavoured to do that with mistakes and all. Nothing happens unless you drive down the road God's given you. I'm yet to meet the doctor that didn't go to medical school. Just as well, eh? Yeah, we're grateful for that when they're sticking things in you and stuff. You don't want to be the first one they did that to. You know, the funniest thing I ever saw, the funniest sign, I was in um, South India, I was in Chennai, and um, there was a sign outside a doctor's studio, big sign, and it had the something or other, something or other, medical studio, or a doctor, something or other, something or other, medical, and in the, underneath that, in brackets, it had failed final exam. <laughs> cool, eh? Only India, I tell you, only India. Hey, lawyers don't become lawyers without going to law school. Plumbers don't become plumbers without doing apprenticeships. And if you're sitting there and thinking, oh, God's called me to a trade, I don't even want to do a trade. Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber. Accountants don't become accountants without degrees. Nurses don't become nurses without training. Pastors don't become pastors without going to Bible college. Missionaries don't become missionaries without going to mission school, college, whatever it is. You've got to do something. It doesn't just happen. 
Why would aligning your life to the call of God be any different? What's a dream, God? What have you heard God ask you to do? And you still haven't done it. You're sitting there waiting for it to magically appear from heaven. Friend, it's not going to magically appear. What he gave you was an invitation or an instruction to align your life with his purpose. And then go for it. Nothing's going to be handed to you on a platter. It's not suddenly just going to... Well, I might... Gone. But it's not going to... Arrive. <laughs> Got to step into it. Align yourself and step into it. And am I saying one, uh, one area is better than another? Absolutely not, because God has called you to something. He's called you to something different to me. But don't miss what he's called you to. Don't, don't and this young person particularly, don't look forward in your life and go, I'm going to do that. Why am I going to do that? Because it pays well. That's not a good enough reason. You will still get bored. Don't look down there and go, I'm going to do it. Well, my dad did that, so I need to do that. No, you don't. Do what your dad asks you to do. And put your life in that direction. Oh, but actually, that looks fun. That looks cushy. That'll be a cushy life. I'll go down that pathway. No, you'll be bored silly. Look, if you want a hard life, but you want a life that's full of purpose, and you're going to leave a legacy for generations to come, do what God asks you to do. Just do it. Put yourself. You don't have to know how it's going to happen. Just take the first step. Step in there and say, okay, Lord, my answer is yes. Here we go. And do something. You can have a, have a, um, a boat tied up a jetty and, and turn the steering wheel all you like and nothing happens. The second that boat's moving, it'll start to turn. God is more than capable of guiding you. And steering you into his purposes. But don't settle for mediocre. Don't settle for just getting through life. Take an intentional step to align yourself with the purposes of God. If you don't know what God's purpose is for your life, ask him. And keep asking. You don't want to. I've noticed that life is going by quite fast. You know, when you're 18... When you're 10, when you're whatever, it seems like it's a long way out there. These old fellas, it seems like a long way away. And then all of a sudden you get to my age. I was always the youngest one in the room in leaders' meetings. Always. Without fail. Youngest one in the room, or close to it. And now... Thank you. I like you. Thank you. Life will go fast. You said yes to Jesus and gave him your life. Don't rip him off now by saying, but. Give him your life. Throw yourself into his purposes. You know, friends, if you're called to be a, a, a minister, a pastor... I need four tomorrow. That's not, that's not any vision in that. That's just keeping going what we've got going. Four. But I gaze around and I go, Lord, I know you've called people because I've seen people respond. Now I'm not picking on the group that responds. But the problem with our generation is 
We say, yes, Lord, we'll make a response. But what is the next step that you've never taken? Because I can say, yes, Lord, all I want, and go home and eat chicken, coleslaw and buns for lunch. Nothing changes. Might put on a bit of weight. But nothing changes. I need to say, yes, Lord, I gave you my life. I serve you. I hear the call of God. What next? What next? And it doesn't matter what area he's got you going into. That is your question. Yes, Lord, what's next? What's next? I'm pushing it, eh? But I hope you're getting it. I don't want to go down to history as the generation who did nothing. I want to go down in history as a generation who set it up for generations to come. Who left a legacy that doesn't just go as long as our lifetime, that left a legacy that goes into all eternity. Much like the generation that came out from Wales. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. And greater. And I wonder what your part is in that. Online. I wonder what your part is in that, North Campus. I wonder what your part is in that, Tuako. If you're online this morning. It's amazing. The call of God does not magically come to pass. You've got to step into it. I'm going to ask us to respond to Jesus. You're not responding to me. But I want to... What I want us to do is I want us to respond with a yes to Jesus. This is where I believe to go. Respond to the call of God. Yes, Lord, if that's what you're asking me to, whatever you're asking to me to, the answer is yes. And I'm going to ask you to stand in a minute if you're prepared to say, yes, Jesus. But I don't want you to stand unless you're prepared to take some steps into it. Because I don't want to go round and round the mountain. Oh yeah, we all responded to that. But we did nothing. I want to invite you to stand in a moment if you're saying, yes, Lord. And you're prepared to do something about it. I don't know what that something is, but ask God. He'll show you. If you're going to be a doctor, go to medical school. If you're going to be a pastor, go to Bible school. If you're going to be a missionary, get trained. If you're going to be a teacher, go to college. If the call of God is on your life to give and make things happen, learn how to be really successful in making money. Doesn't matter what it is. Got to do something. If you're saying yes to God and you're prepared to step into the next step, whatever that is, stand right where you are. I think this is a defining moment. It's not a defining moment for now, it's a defining moment for eternity. And there's weight on it. I reiterate you're not standing for me, you're standing in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we're saying Jesus I gave you my life now I step into alignment with what you've asked me to do 
And you know, I think he's saying exactly the same thing to you as he said to me. Sheridan, give yourself to it wholeheartedly. No plan Bs, just give yourself to it wholeheartedly, what I've asked of you. Lord, you see the heart of every person. I ask that there'd be a searing in a way. There'd be a moment in eternity, right now, right here. If you're at Tuaco, you're at North Campus this morning, your gathering leader is going to pick up now and lead you through a response to Jesus. I encourage you to embrace everything that God's doing this morning. Father, we say yes to the call, your call, to Jesus' call on our lives. We gave you everything when we said yes to you. You asked for our lives and we said my life is yours. I ask every person in this place as we commit to follow through that the next step would be clear. Father, for those who don't know the next step, I ask that you bring wise counsel around them. But I also ask that as we ask you, you would drop thoughts, you would drop the steps, the next thing for us to do, big or small, into our mind. And that we would capture that. And we would walk obediently with you. I'm just going to pause for a minute. I think the Holy Spirit's at work. We just need to let him do what he's doing. There's others in this room this morning and you've not yet said yes to Jesus. There's an invitation this morning to say yes to Jesus. He was hung on a cross. We celebrated Easter last weekend. In the process of his death and resurrection, he paid the cost for all of our wrongdoing so that we can now have relationship with God through him. The next step for some of us is to say yes to relationship with Jesus. And you and I are designed for relationship with him. This morning, some of you need to say yes to him for the first time. There'll be others amongst us who, for whatever reason, we don't need to worry about the reasons. But we've stepped away. Today, we need to say yes again. 
step into that place of relationship with him. Let's get that part sorted before we worry about quite what we're aligned to. Let's get relationship with Jesus where it needs to be. Because it's only Jesus that makes a difference. It's only through Jesus can we have hope for all eternity. It's only in Jesus will you find freedom. It's only in Jesus will you fill the destiny of your life. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment if you want to say yes to him today for the first time or you could have done it before but you know you need to say yes today. This could be for some the most important moment in your life. If you know you need to say yes to Jesus today can you give me a wave right where you are just make sure I see your hand. Thanks, man. That is awesome. Just catch my eye. I've seen one person so far, and you know the Bible tells us that when one person's getting right with God, the angels are having a party. It's a celebration in heaven. Just make sure you catch my eye wherever you are. Fantastic. Someone will come and see you at the end, sir, and have a, have a talk to you about moving forward with Jesus. Church, can we please give this gentleman a massive big hand? Celebrate with the angels this morning. In Jesus' name. Come on. We celebrate with you. It's amazing. Hey, why don't we give Pastor Sheridan a hand as well? That was awesome. I think it's a well-needed challenge, well-needed. I, I remember a story as well, and I felt felt like I needed to encourage some people in here. Uh, same movement as Reinhard Bonnke, Christ for All Nations. Uh, his, his successor, Daniel Kalenda, you know, before he actually stepped into his role, he was uh, working in the printing room for three years, just dealing with paper. And so I encourage you, if you're in a space where you are chasing after the call of God and you're going, I'm going nowhere, keep going. Daniel had to be in the printer room for three years until suddenly he got the chance to be on the platform and preach to millions. So keep going hard towards the calling of God. Thank you so much, Pastor Sheridan. That was awesome. Hey, we have a prayer team that is available at the end of the gathering. So if you want someone to come and stand with you in prayer, don't be shy. Come to the front. They would love to pray with you. And also thank you so much, church, for being purposed in your giving. We declare blessing and favor over each giver in Jesus' name. And also, if you're new, don't forget to grab a pack at the back, scan the QR code, and you are invited to lunch uh, straight after this gathering. And if you want some details on uh, the lunch, then just go to the back table and someone will help you there and they'll give you some details. And we've got 6 p.m. tonight as well. Church isn't over for the day. Pastor Sheridan is sharing at the 6 p.m. as well. So why don't you come along? It's going to be a great time. It's going to be awesome. Hey, why don't we finish with a song with a bit of a party? Awesome. Bless you, church. Have a great week.
together from the 